0: Hello and welcome to the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host Kara Drescher. Today on the show I have Claire Snowden-Darling who is the founder of the College of Functional Kinesiology as well as owner of Balanced Wellness UK. Today we're talking about everything and everything anything that Claire does to help women going through hormonal struggles such as fertility issues, pregnancy problems, postpartum and menopausal hormonal issues, and all of the wonderful work that she does, not just helping clients with these issues, but training other practitioners on how they can help women going through these same or similar hormonal struggles and listen in to this excellent conversation and all about hormonal work. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. What a great name your podcast is. Oh, well, thank you. I I am so excited to hear about all of the work that you do because you do some amazing things. And I just am in awe of all that you do, these amazing this amazing program, I should say, that you've created. And there's just so much work that you do for women that I just think is amazing. And I want to hear all about it. I I think that where I would like to start is I really want to hear about the College of Functional Wellness. And I want to hear how that came about. Tell me a little bit about that. And I know that there's a big story there. So I want to hear all about it because I think it's amazing that you (laughs) created this.
1: It's bonkers. It was really funny because I did a podcast the other week, and she went, "How did you end up doing that?" Because that is so far removed from like my bliss zone. And I'm went, "Oh no, <laughs> it's so far removed from mine." But it really birthed itself into the world. It's 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 been the most amazing journey. So, I trained as a practitioner, mm-hmm. a in 2007, mm-hmm. and I had my clinic, and I worked in my clinic, and I you know worked. With literally thousands of people and I taught kinesiology and it was all great and groovy for other colleges. I taught other kinesiologies for other colleges. It was all great and groovy and I walked my talk like I cannot tell you like how much I walked my talk the nutrition, the supplements, the exercise, everything That's great. and I got into this because I nearly died having my daughter in 2004, was left with postpartum psychosis, depression, chronic fatigue and I was doing everything right, but not getting better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I got rid of the depression, to be fair, but I, I was exhausted every day. And then in around about 2014, I this weight gain that came out of nowhere, these mood swings that came out of nowhere, these cycle issues that were just oh my god my cycles all over the place I was going to the doctors and they were saying there's nothing wrong with you your blood te- your blood tests are fine and a gynecologist said why don't we give you a hysterectomy and I went that's ridiculous that's not the <laughs> issue here right it's it was ridiculous and it took years for me to actually get the diagnosis of being in uh, very close by then to being menopausal mm. Uh, which was a huge shock and I now know it was the trauma that I'd gone through in 20, 2004 that my body had never recovered from and a history of massive adrenal stress that my mm. system basically fell over yeah. and what happened was I actually went on sabbatical in 2015 because I was just in massive overwhelm and this unwellness really and we'd had a big business uh, a big center actually my business partner and I and it had kind of it was never meant to be and it had fallen apart and we were both quite in shock out after that sort of fell apart and I went off to Australia to have a bit of a sabbatical and I started explaining to my friend she was single mum of two young kids she'd recently got divorced she was stressed to the eyeballs uh you know financial worries all the things comfort eating obviously putting on weight in low self-esteem and self-loathing, but her real issue, because all of that wasn't the big issue, the Mm -hmm. real issue was that her periods were going crazy. And I just sat there on the beach and I drew a triangle in my journal and I explained to her why her chronic stress and her blood sugars, whatever her bad diet, were causing this issue. And I remember just looking at it going, that's quite interesting. And after I came back to the UK, I was just having a conversation with my business partner and just happened to mention, oh, I came across a really interesting way of describing this hormonal interplay. And I suddenly remember looking at it myself going, oh, that's what's been happening to me all these years. Wow. Suddenly we put a bit of research around it. This is how it works, the dynamic of my business. I come up with a brilliant ideas. my business partner does the research. Mm-hmm. And we discovered that no one else is talking about it. So we named this clinical model the... Uh, the triangle of hormonal health and actually the more that we drop into it we realize that things like irritable bowel syndrome autoimmune issues are actually just victims of these three hormone uh, profiles being out of balance so what happened was we started to create a couple of workshops for some practitioners and we sent them off to our governing body and said would you like to give us some you know continuous professional development qualifications they went no You've invented a whole new arm of kinesiology. Go away and launch a college. My business partner, <laughs> my business partner wow. at the time was six weeks postpartum. Oh, I was going through the worst divorce and menopause like on oh. the planet. We could literally we found two hours a week to get together and write this course. And through that time, we had to start jumping through hoops, get accreditations, you know, up-level our and, and the next thing you know we have this kinesiology diploma. We now have eight qualifications within the eight, eight subjects within uh, the college. And for people who don't want to do kinesiology, we just have a wellness coaching, like training as a nutritionist, but with all of our immune protocols, our hormone protocols, the digestion protocols, the blood sugar and the stress protocols. So it's all kind of like birthed itself. And we now have this incredible college where we're training, practitioners and clinicians and
0: that is amazing you know just hearing how you know the, the thing that you know, there's so much that you said that just struck me as wow oh my goodness I'm sitting here like oh what the thing that I think struck me the most though is how you just kind of drew out what you were thinking yeah. and it, suddenly you're looking at it and thinking oh my goodness wait a minute Yes. Oh, not only is this something that clearly has affected me. Yeah, it's something brand new. And that's amazing to be able yeah. to articulate the things that you know, and the things that you're thinking and suddenly realize, whoa, there's a connection here that how come no one's addressing this
1: and it's so simple that when you know women start to understand that i am having this horrendous menopause or i am so hormonal and i and the doctors aren't helping because all they want to do is put me on you know uh, the pill or hrt and antidepressants and actually i can take some power back by changing my diet first and foremost Mm -hmm. then we're gonna have to talk about stress but we're gonna have to talk about what actually is stress because people are unaware of what stress is because we think of work pressure or financial pressure and it is we are you know the way that the world is today with pesticides and pollution and radiation we have absolutely got to got to take control of it because it's crazy.
0: It is crazy. And I'm just so glad that you're saying all of these things, because there are so many things, like you said, people don't really think about. Like, you know, you just made such an excellent point with, you know, stress. You think of the obvious things or the things that everybody talks about, you know, work is stressing me out and all this, but there's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. And stress plays such a huge factor in your physical health. And I think people tend to forget that. They don't realize How many different types of stress factors, if you will, there are.
1: Well, I call them, I've changed the word. I call them stressors. So what is a stressor Mm -hmm. on the body? so yes there's emotional stresses and there are biochemical stresses and you know something that's really overlooked is toiletries and cleaning products i mean i found out recently that our skin makes the stress hormone cortisol in response to you know st- like air fresheners in our mm-hmm. environment like making we become this like this just this big ball of cortisol based on what's in our environment mm-hmm. then there's you know we have a cortisol response if we eat food we're intolerant to we have a cortisol response if we eat carbohydrates on their own so cortisol is at the root cause of all of these hormone issues so just to try and address them with a hysterectomy or HRT or it's not going to fix the problem no but yes, those things might have a place and HRT does have a place in menopause but We have to address those underlying issues because otherwise I get women coming in who are on the pill or on HRT, but because they're still stressed to the max, guess what? It's not working. Mm -hmm. And now even more their body's in more stress because it's got all these extra synthetic hormones put in. It's
0: it's mind-boggling to me.
1: Mind-boggling. It's it's so upsetting. Yeah. It is. And like you
0: said, it's simple. There's a simple resolution if you will to figure it out and it's just taking that time being aware okay these are the things going on you know I always hear that phrase the band-aid solution Mm. what's a band-aid gonna do it make Mm -hmm. you feel better in the interim but guess what you're not actually solving the problem exactly have to get to the root of it so that you can get better and exactly. feel like a normal person again I use that word normal because you know and I throw it around it shouldn't be thrown around because what does that mean and when I say normal what I mean is feeling like yourself functioning functioning exactly functioning thank you that is the perfect word because that's what it is because when you're not a functioning human because of all these things going on it's just I mean there are no words for it because you're just kind of uh. like okay what now I was
1: literally reflecting on that today because I remember being in clinic when I first started with my chronic fatigue and still at the end of my depression. And I would have to have a break in the afternoon and have a sleep because my exhaustion was so bad. Mm. And then today I didn't have a great sleep. My partner had to get up early and I was at the gym. I did like an hour and then I had a swim and then I came back and I've been like working and meetings and then, you know, another interview in this podcast. And I'm like, I feel fine like there is i am i'm i will be ready to finish work and wind down for the evening but there is this is such so, functioning human and yeah. it's a blessing to have had that experience of not being functioning for so long to now be able to function
0: how amazing is that i mean i just i just think that is so miraculous simply that you said okay this is what's going on i'm going to follow my own advice yeah. Because I think exactly. a lot of us are terrible at following our own advice. But when it's something this important, and women's bodies, we know they're complicated. They are. They just are. But finding all these solutions to solve some of these.
1: Oh. So and, and the problem is when we're stressed or we're unwell or we're tired, that's when we want to reach for the junk food or just get yes. that piece of delivery because I'm stressed and I'm tired. Um my partner and I both got COVID at the beginning of the oh, year. No. Uh, do you know it was absolutely fine? I was basically licking handrails because I was kind of like, I want to get it. I want to actually like get with, get my antibodies. I'm, right. I I, I, um, I wasn't actually licking handrails. I don't, I don't recommend that. You.
0: Uh, <laughs> Thank you for the tip. This rails, is what you should do. Just kidding! Don't do this. <laughs> no, but I was kind of
1: like, you know, I I don't have any any of the big underlying conditions, and I and right. I would always. Personally, rather take my chances with with the flu virus than than you know than than not. Uh, so I was kind of like quite happy to get over and done with. But you know, I was like, this is the time that we eat right. This is not the time that we are you know digging into into ready meals or deliveries or just comfort eating like mm-hmm. mashed potatoes. This is not the time we are eating you know, the, I mean, obviously you don't want to eat much when you're really poorly, but I was like, no, we, I'm getting up and we are making soup and we are going to feed ourselves right because yes. that's what is requiring of us right now. And that take is care of yourself. the only discipline we need is when we are stressed is going, this is not the day for just having another takeaway. Today is the day where, well, I mean, it takes no time at all to stick some meat in the oven and mm-hmm.
0: some vegetables and then just get it done. Exactly. And I mean, who says you can't enjoy that? That's just as a side note, you know, I love to eat healthy. Don't get me wrong. I do love to, you know, eat the bad stuff too, but I'm one of those people, like, I love a good hearty salad, but I like my protein. I like my, you know, all that wonderful, you know, you want to give me some flank steak, you know, slice it up, put it in my salad. Great. But I like the healthy food and I enjoy it because I choose the foods that are good for me that have the nutrients that I need. And I enjoy that because I yeah. choose what I want to eat, what tastes good. And, uh, and I just think that's great. You
1: little children that you need to be energized and grateful. Yes,
0: exactly. Cause they need me otherwise, you know, what are we gonna do which actually reminds me so you know you mentioned it in the beginning of our conversation here and we talked about it previously your experience um with giving birth to your daughter um and you know you said that you almost died and Mm -hmm. that's such a a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. to have can you tell me a little bit more about What happened and and how that affected you. I mean, I know the direction that it took you in your life professionally, obviously, which is amazing. Um, But, you know, I'm curious what happened and how else it affected you.
1: Mm. So uh basically my daughter didn't want to come out. That's the long and the short of it. She's very stubborn. I mean, she's nearly 18 and she is very stubborn. And if you want her to do something, she's gonna do the total opposite. Mm-hmm. So basically, long story short, every single time I had a contraction, she kicked against it. And what was there was a couple of things that were really unusual. So she what my I was four centimetres dilated uh sort of about a week before the last time I'd had a midwife check. And so they're like, Okay, it's all gonna happen soon. And by the time I'd got into the hospital, her head was in the birth canal and they had never seen it before, but she pulled it out. I hmm. she actually managed to pull out her head from the birth canal like she kicked herself back up she was like I'm not coming out
0: oh my goodness every time
1: I had a contraction she would kick against it so like rather than go quietly and do what she's supposed to do no she kicked against I could feel it oh every goodness. single contraction oh. boom, 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 she would kick against it and basically after a couple of days of this my obviously my dilation stopped and so they tried everything oxytocin all the things but I hadn't slept by that point I mean I was exhausted I just bet. So it was kind of a good two days and uh, by the time we we got to that stage uh, where I wasn't dilating any further despite any interventions uh, she was then getting distressed and um, they basically you know they said look we're gonna have to do an emergency c-section. I was quite delighted by that point. I imagine. Uh, Yeah Uh, but then what happened was and I mean bearing in mind this was 2004 and and I would hope that the medical world would deal with it differently. But I remember, I mean, I was really so tired. They were like, don't let her to make something like, don't let her fall asleep because her heart rate is just plummeting. She is so tired and quite distressed by now. But when they actually did the C-section, I had a placental hemorrhage. Oh no. Oh, I, and I lost a huge, I can't remember how much it was now, but I know it was sort of around about a litre and they, they, they should have told me and offered me a transfusion, but they didn't. Oh I wouldn't stop the head around. And I remember thinking, this looks weird. Like it looked like she was in a hammer horror, like covered in blood. And I was like, and all she said was, did you want to breastfeed? And I said, yes. And she said, okay. And then put her head back behind the screen. And that was the last I heard of it. And, and for about a week until the health visitor came and left my notes by accident. And when I looked at them, I saw it said placental hemorrhage. By which point my colostrum hadn't come in. My milk was struggling. I was then in that I'm a failure. I can't feed my child. I know all of, the pressure, all of the stress. It was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And the exhaustion. And of course, the exhaustion was because of that massive blood loss. Mm-hmm. Um, And actually, before I got my diagnosis of perimenopause, one of the things that they were investigating me for is a very rare condition called Sheehan's syndrome, which is uh, only the only way you get Sheehan's syndrome is if you lose a lot of blood whilst giving birth. Because it starves the pituitary of oxygen, uh, and it's interesting. The time, yeah, so it doesn't really happen in developed countries. But mm. my situation mm. was it just seems a bit strange, so it was like, okay, well that that could be it. And it turns out it was just good old fashioned menopause. But oh yes, wow. So blood loss. It was the trauma of the whole experience, the lack of control. They should have got me into surgery about eight hours before, but because yeah. it was. Night they didn't, uh, they were waiting because they didn't want to bring in, you know, extra staff from you know, and I understand that from a business perspective, not from a personal perspective. And the whole thing basically resulted in the psychosis, depression, fatigue, and then it took eight years of not bonding with my daughter uh and before I got a diagnosis of PTSD.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness, you've been through so much. That is really thank you for sharing that. You know, that's a very personal story and Very traumatic story. So number one, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, But secondly, I mean, wow, you know, the the, what's, you know, there's so much in my mind going on hearing that story. And what's really troubling me is that they didn't rush you into surgery when they should have, and that they didn't talk anything about a transfusion. No, and that just blows nothing. my mind. I mean, I realized 2004 was a while ago, but we're not talking 19, you know, 27.
1: No. And not even iron tablets, like nothing. Mm. So how my body was supposed to recover, I have absolutely no idea. Well, you no.
0: are a trooper. You are a warrior in my <laughs> eyes. And I that's just amazing. That's, it's amazing to me. And you know, the, the thing that I think is really sticking in my mind is, well, a couple of things. Number one, PTSD. I mean, how, how could you not have PTSD after something like that? That's one thing, you know, the, the delayed diagnosis of perimenopause or menopause that that's another one that I just find is so often not diagnosed when it should be which obviously, you know, because this is something you specialize in, and it blows my mind. It just does. And, you know, it kind of just ties into so much with women Mm -hmm. that, you know, we get misdiagnosed or things just aren't diagnosed or we're just brushed off. Oh, you're overreacting or, oh, you're not really in pain. You know, I had a herniated disc for, I think it was eight years before it was actually diagnosed. And I would have this severe pain and not be able to walk. I took a trip to Hawaii which was, you know, supposed to be so exciting. And I spent the first few days in a wheelchair because I couldn't stand up. And it was still a couple more years before I finally had to go to the emergency room and it was took an MRI and all this. And it's it's just that constant reminder that, unfortunately, as women, we're often brushed aside like, oh, you're overreacting or it's not that, it's this, when really it was that you know whatever that is and so you know it's just interesting to hear a story like that where all of these things should have been done differently but you know the the pardon the wording here but the magical part to me is what it led you to do in your profession and that in itself is beautiful
1: I think Uh and 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 you know my daughter and I said you know she's so she's coming up 18 and we have a really unusual relationship because of that lack of bonding Mm -hmm. and she has gone through a lot of her own journey so she had some learning challenges and some deep anger issues which she still works with I mean she's seen a lot of therapists and you know we have very honest conversation about it so she knows why she's angry and where Mm -hmm. it comes from and her abandonment wound but She's so wise now because of all the therapy that she's been through and so emotionally intelligent for you know, coming up 18 year old and, and I'm so proud of her, but also our relationship is so, it's very unusual for a mother daughter relationship because of that lack of bonding, but it's very mm-hmm. honest and it's yeah. very connected now. Um, And I always say to her, you know, ultimately you were, whilst you nearly killed me, uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's not forget that, (laughs) uh, I said, you you absolutely saved my life because it was you that, that, that was such a catalyst for me doing what I was meant to do on the earth. So, you know, and also you deserved a mum who loved you and I deserved that experience. So I just worked tirelessly at therapy after therapy and trauma counselling because I was like, I have to clear this to be able to love and connect with my daughter.
0: That to me, again, that that's just something amazing to hear you say, because it's that recognition, something is happening inside of me and I need, I need to figure it out. And it's hard, you know, we all know, well, we all being those of us who are mothers know it's, it's challenging and we all have different challenges in different ways and being a child is also challenging you know that's something I think some of us forget whether parents or not that being the child of a parent is also challenging and when you're able to work through it together that's just a wonderful thing I I think that's I think I
1: once realized when I was going on my journey that actually I think every woman has a troubling experience with motherhood and Mm -hmm. it's either falling pregnant it's the pregnancy it's the labor it's the being a mother it's it can even be you know when your children are much much older that there's some big rift or some big issue but ultimately i do believe that the mother there is a mother wound that we we actually can't avoid i think it is part of the sacrifice of being a mother is that there is such challenge and difficulty Mm -hmm. but within that there is such growth
0: i totally agree i love that you just said that there is so much growth there I, i i think that's just amazing um I wanted to ask you, I know that in addition to the College of Functional Wellness, which I just, I just think that's so amazing that you and your business partner did that. I mean, I do. I just think how cool is that? Like you said, you you just discovered this whole new branch of kinesiology and, and functionality. And it's just, oh my goodness. But there's also, you know, you also founded Balanced Wellness, which I would also love to hear more about that because I know that's your private practice. Um, So tell me a little bit more about the work that you do still do have that private practice and tell me a little bit about that work as well.
1: Yeah, so Balanced Wellness was where I started. So that was the clinic that I started. And uh, I watched my parents run a business my whole life, so that that's quite you know corporate. And I had this realization when I got into complementary therapy that it's not that, that people aren't always that professional. That actually looking at complementary therapy with the lens of corporate professionalism was something that's actually was back then anyway quite lacking.
0: Mm-hmm
1: even down to the way that people marketed themselves and how they showed up, there was there was definitely something lacking. And so my intention with balanced wellness was to be a source of credible alternative health that people could trust. Yes. And to so my, my dad's a rocket scientist and uh and and I what I loved about particularly kinesiology or like the protocols that we've created is having something really credible that people can trust, being able to say, this is still an alternative, but this is why it's credible. So that's how balanced wellness started. And then quite quickly, I realized that what my business partner and I were good at, like the marketing and all of those kind of things, a lot of people really weren't, and also this community and supporting each other. So we actually developed balanced wellness as a franchise and we, you know, have a community of practitioners who work with us Uh, and it's, it's utterly glorious. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. You know, it's, it's really great franchise opportunity is always such a great thing when you can say this is just growing and going in such a beautiful direction let's 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 bring it to more places um what was I was just going to ask you a question it went right out of my head um so when did you start that's what I wanted to ask you when did you start that practice
1: so I actually started my training in 2007 Mm, Uh, you said that
0: earlier And it was, I mean,
1: originally to help me get better, but Mm -hmm. actually I was at an an event. Um, I think I told you this story, didn't I? That um, the way I got into it was after I'd been unwell with my daughter, Mm -hmm. as a teenager, I'd been into complementary therapy. So I I started to just get a bit interested in, you know, a bit of nutrition and got back into things like Reiki. And I actually was helping at an event. Um, You guys have Lara bars. Mm -hmm. Uh, it started to be brought over here, and I was one of the first people to sell them, and I got involved at uh, one of the big sort of exhibitions, and I was mm-hmm. chopping up. The- bar bars uh, for people to try. And somebody said to me, they're doing kinesiology tasters upstairs. And every single hair on my body stood up on end. And I walked upstairs and this woman said, did you want a taster? And I said, no, I want to sign up to the course. I had no idea what it was. Everyone kept saying, what is this course you're doing? I'm like, I don't know. And honestly, <laughs> day one, I was like, this is what I was put on the earth to do.
0: Oh, it's amazing. Isn't that the best feeling? You just know it in your soul. And like you said, every hair on your body stood up and you're like, done sold let's go
1: let's go yeah
0: that you know I I can relate to that in two ways when I started massage therapy school I was 21 and there was just you know it was the first time in my life I mean I was young but it was the first time in my life that I was like all right this (laughs) feels like Mm -hmm. this is what I'm meant to do and I did it for almost 20 years until switching careers here. And now I, you know, I'm working with women in fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and I'm doing this because it's what I am meant to do using my experience in body work and skincare. And it's that, that whole, it just touches you so deeply. And I I just, I just had to say that because I think it's so amazing when you know, this is, this is what I'm, what I'm here for. This is what I'm meant for best feeling ever. Um, I do have an interesting question for you because we've all obviously you've had COVID. So you, you know, you, you've been in the middle of it. Um, my question essentially is how has the pandemic affected your work? So obviously in some ways it's affected you, you know, more dramatically because you've had COVID, but you know, tell me a little bit how, how that's affected all of your work. Um, well, I would like a
1: lockdown to get over my lockdown, to be honest. Um,
0: (laughs) Uh, basically uh, in
1: the UK last year, everything shut down for three months. So we weren't allowed to work in clinic. And during that time, my business partner and I were like, how are we going to get our work out to people who need it? Because they're going to need it more now than ever, Absolutely. especially with one of our focuses is immunity. So we created an online symptom assessor, which is a completely free tool. So anybody with any symptoms can go to the symptom assessor and they just get asked a series of questions. And then it tells you, where to start work. And so, and then you can buy the hormone pathway kit, which is like, they're really cheap. We wanted this to like be out there helping people mm-hmm. uh, cheaply um and the idea is then so it's like seeing a therapist but uh much cheaper and you can do it remotely and so you also get supported by us online it's brilliant um and then you can redo it in a month after you've applied all the tools go back and do it in a month where am am i now where am i now and i know and you probably know that every illness unless you have a congenital heart defect or a very very rare condition that it's all hormones it's all hormones Mm -hmm. So it's different hormone pathways. So is it blood sugars you need to work on? Is it stress? Is it those pesky female hormones? Or is it actually digestion or an immune issue? Because once you get further down the line and you've got the foundations in place, it might be that we need to work on digestion and specific things for digestion. But doing that at the beginning, there's no point you've got to put foundations in place. So firstly we created the symptom assessor, which is free to anybody. So symptomassessor.co.uk, yeah. Or balanceworms.co.uk and it says it at the top or even you know my website It's there for people just to just to it and even if you then don't buy the toolkit but you know you know okay I know where to start. Great. It's it's to empower people. So we started there our poor students who'd started our first kinesiology course had to wait but basically this then made us go not everyone wants to do kinesiology so how's about we strip the kinesiology out and take our protocols and turn it into a wellness coach course so we then anyone can do anywhere around the world and you get all of the these protocols, all of this underpinning knowledge for, for about the blood sugars, the digestion, all of the things so that then you can start to work with clients to recommend how to change their hormones, change their digestion, change their immunity. Um, and then it? it was, and then for people to be registered or to have certain, that those qualifications, a bit like when you do massage therapy, you need anatomy and physiology mm-hmm. for a core subject. We needed cool subjects, so we basically wrote them. So <laughs> you just said, "All right, let's do it. <laughs> let's go." So <laughs> so the pandemic has actually made us do the pivot online, which, of course, it has for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually given our college even more options to get our work out there and That's our awesome. students. Yeah,
0: that is really really cool. You know, I, I I like asking people how the pandemic has affected their work because I find so often. It's been surprising, but so often people are like, you know what, as horrendous as this whole thing has been, it's shifted and opened up the door in a completely different way. And, you know, you just said it in such a way that makes so much sense. It it opened up the door for you to really bring this amazing program, this amazing thing that you have to offer in a completely different way and to so many more people. And, and I think that's really great. That actually reminds me of a question I wanted to ask is your program open internationally or is it just for UK residents?
1: No, the wellness coaching is open internationally. Um, kinesiology, cause in America you need to be a doctor, a chiropractic to study kinesiology. Uh, but it's, uh, so the kinesiology is UK only at this mm-hmm. stage. Uh, but the wellness coaching and the nutrition course and things that they're all, you know, in terms of CPD, they would be uh, applicable anywhere. And our f- foundation coaching, what we do have, which is the most amazing work, uh, but it would require six days in the UK, which would not be awful in a retreat. I mean, come yeah.
0: on. That sounds like a dream to me. Exactly. Goodness.
1: It's our emotional course called Holding Space, which was absolutely designed to help practitioners with proper full-on emotional transformation coaching. Mm-hmm. And it started off as a module of the kinesiology and has now become an accredited practitioner training course in its own right. Amazing. I know we've been busy. Uh, and you so you really so- have,
0: I love that. <laughs> It's so
1: exciting. <laughs> real amalgamation of lots of disciplines, but there is this six-day immersive where basically the whole principle is you clear your stuff before you can support other people in theirs. And it's just glorious. And yeah, we're in a retreat center in the heart of Devon.
0: Amazing. I I mean, listen, I was. I've only been to the UK once and that was... 31 years ago so it's been a while (laughs) it's been a long time and I mean I remember it I was a kid I was what 10 10 I was about 9 10 yeah I think I was 10 and you know it was an amazing trip and I have such fond memories but gosh I want to go back as an adult (laughs) you know what I mean Like, I, I feel very lucky that I had the opportunity to travel with my family internationally as a child but man to be able to do be there as an adult and experience such an amazing country because I think it's an amazing country and I it think is. it's a beautiful country it is oh what a great opportunity that would be and in a retreat center I mean come on it's just, I know it's oh, gonna be
1: epic I know we're really excited
0: it. it epic is the right word for sure I am yes. just so excited um So I have a couple of fun questions for you more on the fun side of things rather than, you know, all business all the time, but these are questions that I like to ask all of my guests um, because they kind of make you think a little bit and they're, they're kind of silly. So I'm going to give you the first two. They're very, very similar questions, Um, but they're a little bit different. Some people have the same answer for both. Some people have totally different answers. So I'll give you both and you can answer it any way you want. First one is if you could have lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks, walk on the beach or just dinner party, whatever with three people dead or alive, fictional or real. They don't even have to be people. They can be Muppets, cartoons. They can be anything, anything that you want. Who would they be and why? And then the other question is, who are three people who have had the most influence on you in your life? Now, important to note, doesn't have to be three. It can be one, it can be none, or it can be 12 I just like the number three that's just my favorite lucky number so that's why I give you the, that three number so take your time this is my favorite question I love to ask people this I answered it myself a few weeks ago and it was oh, very, very like oh. I love it okay
1: <laughs> so first off it would be Marie Curie because like wow that woman was driven and right? all the odds I mean ultimately her discovery killed her But wow, you know, I mean, against all the odds with what she did and how she did it. And I just want to know a bit more about that. I've actually been a bit intrigued by her since I was a little girl. Amazing. Um, Secondly, uh, Russell Brand. I don't know if you know him. I do. You do. I have actually (laughs) met him and I just have admired his progress from being really quite an annoying comedian to now this incredibly conscious spiritual guru Mm -hmm. and and having met him and had a chance to have a conversation with him I just I just love that representation of the conscious masculine and and his humor still like he's Mm -hmm. managed to I I love it and I just love what he's doing and how he's using his as he says his ex-celebrity status (laughs) to 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 waken people up amazing and thirdly would be joseph campbell because okay. again, that i refer to his work all the time and that hero's journey that we have to go on you know or the heroine's journey if you want to bring it into <laughs> more gender neutral space uh but that journey that we have to go on that map that he created like that has helped me so many times knowing that I'm in the descent knowing when you've hit rock bottom and you are in your cauldron and everything is bubbling away but there is going to be transformation and I would just and he I, I've listened to quite a few recordings of him and he was just so light-hearted and anyone who's you know hung out with Freud and Jung and I'm like I, I want to know a bit more about that would <laughs> so, be the three people
0: that's awesome I love that list it's such, a, um, it's such a, an interesting thing to think about
1: it is a great thing to think about. In
0: terms of the people who have inspired me,
1: well, first and foremost, my daughter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that she has been, you know, the biggest catalyst in my life. So she uh, absolutely gets first place on that one. Um, secondly, my business partner, the wonderful Laura Knowles, and that is because she. I mean, I met her when we were 21 at, uh, at my next door neighbor's uh, son's birthday party, and we were inseparable.
0: Amazing. <laughs> I love um, it.
1: And we basically sort of like grew up together and then both actually got into nutrition a little bit separately and then kind of came back together. Oh, and cool. our our the way that we view the world is completely different, but it is absolutely wanting the best for each other and for the world so we drive each other but also you know really we we teach each other compassion love it um and then I would probably have to put Marianne Williamson because again the way that that woman has taken some really sort of spiritual concepts and then made them uh replicable and understandable and the way that she's talking about the world today and the courage that she had to even you know run for president and then the humility when it didn't work out and I I really I really love the way that she has positioned all of that and the way that she talks about it and I think again just a woman leader stepping out like that in the world is really inspirational
0: I love that and it's true you know that that I like woman leaders stepping out into the world. I mean, I just love it. I just love it. Um, those are some really great answers. I mean, they're they're such personal answers. I'd say one of the reasons I love asking these questions because yeah. it's so personal, and I find it gives people a really interesting opportunity to really think introspectively about themselves and it's fun for me and I think our audience too to get to to know you a little bit and you know it's just such a unique way to get to know someone um my very last question this one is just 100 percent silly and it is for some bizarre reason one of the most interesting things in the world to me and most people probably be like really it's (laughs) interesting I don't know but it is this simple do you have a nickname I do. (laughs) Uh I like the way you paused.
1: (laughs) I actually have two. Uh, So the first one was when I was at college and there's still a few people who call it to call me. And it was Belle and it was very silly. And it was because I was working with a girl called Daniela. And she said, well, Claire doesn't rhyme with that. So I'm going to have to call you Clarabella. So it became Clarabella and then it became Bella and then it became Belle. So I have the name now. But most people these days call me Dodes because my as in D-O-D-E-S, Dodes, Doden. And that's because my daughter had a speech impediment when she was little and she couldn't say S's. So they came out as D's. So when you say to her, what's your name? She'd say Maya Doden-Darden. So it became Doden.
0: (laughs) is that adorable oh my god I love that So
1: it all the became called the, Dodens, the oh, Dodens
0: I love that I love <laughs> that that is so cute my it makes me laugh because you know my kids are two and they're they're just learning words and there are a lot of like my daughter is in speech therapy but she speaks more clearly than my son but yeah. they, you know he's not in speech therapy for for you know whatever reason but he he can't say the word book. She says book, like book. oh. But my son, and this is bizarre, he says bouge. Oh, that's so brilliant. <laughs> it's so weird. It
1: cracks love, me up. I love how they how you get stuck with them as well. Because like yes. my daughter used to call soy sauce soly sauce. <laughs> So now it's like forever. It's Sully soul. I
0: love it. I hope that for the rest of his life, he says, I'm going to go read a bouge. I That's hope. So and he calls a ball a booth. I love that.
1: So, so my weird. business partner makes up loads and loads and loads of words. So it's actually called being a neologist. I had to learn this because I too make up loads and loads of words. My, my partner often looks at me and goes, you know, that's not actually a word. I'm like, well, it is now. It
0: is now. Okay. Like, it is now. So yeah, that's actually a really cool thing to make up. I, I love that. I think that's awesome. I love making up words. I make up a lot of random words myself and I get that same thing. Like pretty sure it's not a word. And I'm like, too bad. We're gonna use it. It works. Now. So look at that. Booge and boof are now words. Uh, so there you go. Brilliant. So Claire, tell me where our listeners can connect with you and learn more about you and the work that you do.
1: Okay, so I mean, all of the internet. So the great thing about my surname is that there is only me and my daughter with it, so it's great for Google. So ClaireSnowdenDarling.com, and it is a brilliant name. Love it. And darling, um, and also Balanced Wellness UK uh, and uh, the College of Functional Wellness uh, or Functional Kinesiology. Those are all the kind of the URLs, and also that's all over Google, uh, uh, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of the usual places. Basically. <laughs> all of the usual places.
0: So it's easy to find you, which is great because yeah. sometimes it can be very tricky to find people when Absolutely. you're looking them up, and you're like, I st- don't know where to find you. And there's, <laughs> there's also
1: balance wellness as a channel on YouTube. My business partner and I used to have a podcast. So there's, there is loads of stuff out there Amazing. about all of our hormone work and all of this information. And we have loads of free stuff on our website. So please do check it out.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Claire, thank you so much for taking the time today i'm gonna to say this evening because it's evening for you and afternoon for me but thank you so much for taking the time today to talk with me tell me all about this wonderful work that you do i think all of your work is so important so needed and i, I just want to thank you for telling sharing it all with me so thank you for Thanks. being here oh, it's been gorgeous to speak to you thank you